0: Hi, this is Betsy Beers. I'm the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and How to Get Away with Murder. And this is Shondaland Revealed, the official podcast for the TGIT lineup of Shondaland shows that hopefully you have just finished watching, or recently finished watching, but hopefully you watched all three of them. And I gotta just say, big old shout out to the How to Get Away with Murder season finale, which had some pretty insane things happen. Um, Not only did we see Annalise Keating, oh, I don't know, go home, which was weird enough, but Caleb, you guys? Not going to say very much if you haven't seen it because I don't want to ruin everything for you. I'm just going to say Caleb, you guys? And what about that ending? And I'm just going to say, I don't, I really never wanted to be Wes. And right now I don't want to be Wes at all again, but I'm not going to say anything more than that. You guys have to watch it. If you haven't watched it, if you have watched it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But today we're not here to talk about how to get away with murder as much as I loved that season finale. And if you haven't seen it, you better watch it. I'm here to talk about Scandal and an amazing episode of television that was called I See You. And one of the newest members of the Gladiator family is with me, who we love and adore. And we were very lucky to grab him and force him to become a regular on the television
1: program. Wow.
0: It was sort of like forcing. Wow. We kind Not of bad. didn't give you any choice, did we really?
1: Didn't give me much, much no, of a choice. No, no. We
0: just sort of cornered you. That would be Cornelia Smith Jr.,
1: who plays, yeah. of course,
0: Marcus Walker. Yeah, boy, boy, boy. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just going to say, as is tradition here on the podcast, when I remember, because, you know, I'm. Kind of in my dotage, so sometimes I forget. But I gotta describe what uh, Cornelius is wearing today, Oh my. which is a super awesome ensemble. Thank you. Of um, you really <laughs> put an ensemble together here, dude. I
1: did not do this on purpose. No, you didn't.
0: But this is just natural, Cornelius. I'm gonna say the way, na- like Cornelius just apparently is a style dude. Wow. Yeah. Thank see. You. So he's sort of wearing teal, dark teal, with a burgundy stripe zipper. He's wearing mm. sort of a it's like a windbreaker kind of option, yeah, except cooler and sort of tightly fit with a yellow I would say sort of a yellow mix creamsicle kind of t-shirt and some shorts that seem to go incredibly well with with your jacket happy coincidence apparently you just instinctively do this and then if that weren't enough We've got some turquoise blue knee highs with a pink stripe that actually pick up the stripe in your polka dot gray and white sneakers. So this is kind of, I think, maybe in the history of this podcast, with the exception when Josh Molina came dressed in a onesie. Mm. I think um, this might be up there as one of the better outfits I've ever
1: been proud to report. You know, as as you say that, I, I, I look down and I actually, I did that. You did it. You did it. <laughs> You woke wow, up the, this morning and, you, and the, 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 you're you right everything it, it matches. is coming together one. quite nicely
0: and there's like this gray stripe in the socks that's going with the polka dotted and white sneakers so cornelius you may have to come up to my house and help me in the morning just i'll uh, call you or do like a text and show you a picture and go just kind of how go, bad yeah, is this or, yeah
1: yeah or eh. all it takes is a bit of effort uh, my point exactly just a touch
0: just my point exactly <laughs> all right so like last night I would say some, some things kind of bubbled to the surface last night in a lot of different ways. Some
1: ish hit the fan. Some
0: ish did hit the fan. I think certainly there's a lot of stuff going on. I think Abby's come into her own this episode and Mm -hmm. things could go, all depends on how she handles it, right? Right. That's all happening. I think Cyrus, we sort of figured out what his true stripes are, but he didn't Mm -hmm. seem very upset about any of that. Didn't really
1: seem moved.
0: Very moved. Exactly. Exactly. But now, OPA, like a lot of stuff's going on here at OPA. I mean, first of all, Olivia's spending way too much time clocking Jake. From what we can tell here.
1: It's kind of strange. It's strange and exciting to see her behave in such a way. It's like, right. what are you doing? But you can't help but watch and wonder what she's doing. Right. At the same time.
0: I know. Uh, and, and like, I think I felt better at the end of the episode because I was kind of like, oh, she's not crazy. Right. She hasn't turned into a madass stalker.
1: That was a little bit of relief. Like, oh, okay. She's on to something.
0: She's on to something. Her spidey
1: sense, I think. Kind of went off in. and, and, and let us know that it was valid. Like, okay, Liv, we we feel you
0: exactly. And they, her instincts and her gut actually directed her correctly because I think for a while she kind of lost her gut. Yeah, but now. Your situation at OPA has been kind of both tense and I think kind of irritating for you.
1: Just a little, just a little. <laughs> um, talk about a, a big transition. I mean, he has a new job, new circumstances, and he's constantly being tested. Marcus is somebody who, who really grounds himself in injustice and doing right. And he finds himself in an environment surrounded by people who are, one could argue, constantly doing wrong. Exactly. And so how does he, we're seeing how he's different Dealing with that he's frustrated and he wants more access yeah but the more he kind of discovers the more I don't know well I say not disgusted But the more he discovers, the more he... Feels
0: disillusioned.
1: Disillusioned, feels lost, or is really kind of getting a sense of what he's up against.
0: Right. I think that's incredibly well put. And it's also, I think, last week, you know, it was sort of like a win for Marcus for none of the right reasons because he had the moral high ground there. And he kept saying, you guys, like, I know the client is who the client is, but they killed this woman, Mm -hmm. like, in cold blood. Aren't you going to do something about it? And everybody's like, you have take care of the client, got to take care of the client. And finally, Liv kind of came around. But that was a hard-won victory. And you were taking the moral high ground, but it sort of seemed like that was a little movement forward. And then in the past couple of episodes too, with Huck, I feel like you really, you've been making some ground, but it's a little bit like one step forward, two steps back, Like. You make some ground and then Quinn steps in and blocks you. Or Mm -hmm. you make some ground with Quinn and then Huck steps in and blocks you. It's
1: coming from every which direction, every direction really, in terms of blockage. He's blocked (laughs) by Olivia. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's blocked by Quinn, then blocked by Huck. They're all kind of taking turns. So maybe, maybe, maybe they show Marcus a little bit of love, but then they block him just as fast to actually protect him. And while somebody on the outside kind of watching can appreciate that, being the person to receive said blockage, it's not fun, you know? It, it can weigh on a person when you're looking to be a part of something bigger and actually make a change.
0: Oh no, I think that's really true. And I think the sort of ultimate moment of last night was you guys all standing by the side of the road when everyone mm-hmm. realizes that Huck may have like killed this dude. Yeah. And what happened. And you're getting it from Quinn initially, who's bragging on you because you didn't tell her something you didn't know the meaning of, which isn't really fair. And then the two ladies go at it. And that's when I just I look at Marcus and go, This is talking about
1: being in the middle of something. Like smack in smack the middle. Smack in the middle, and
0: all you've been trying to do is point at the
1: fact that Huck showed up. Right, just trying to, hey guys possible dead body here. Look what Huck (laughs) did. Uh, And you're right. You know, it's oftentimes to be held accountable for something you didn't know. And for somebody to come down on you like that is incredibly just, it's, it's, it adds to the frustration that I think is going to continue to kind of build. I mean, obviously the longer they keep them in the dark, the more frustrated it will become. And we'll see how Marcus kind of continues to deal with that.
0: Yeah, no, I think, and it's going to be really interesting as we keep going. It was really weird watching Huck be friendly Huck. Because Friendly Huck was a lot like Guillermo.
1: He is. There's a, there's a similarity there. <laughs> like,
0: you guys know this. You've heard him on the podcast. You've all, you all love Guillermo. But Guillermo may be the nicest human being I've ever met sure, in my life. Like yeah. Guillermo's present company, except you seem like a very nice human like, being too. But Guillermo is just like a this squeezy teddy bear when you meet
1: him. He's so lovable.
0: And one of my favorite moments in an episode so far is like Huck being Friendly Huck and then turning into horrible Huck in the middle of this car ride when the guy realizes that there are no handles
1: right that change from Huck to Harold
0: or Harold to Huck I guess right, right. he would have started as Harold it was a little bit like all of a sudden we were channeling an episode of Criminal Minds I mean it was kind of like terrible
1: yeah it was terrible and creepy and it was like wow there's a whole different side and you know credit to, 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 to Guillermo in terms of that you know you see that sliver of who Huck once was. Right. You know, before he became contaminated and and tortured and whatever else happened. And
0: I think the realization that um, Sean is not six toes could not have come soon enough. So wait a second. A little bit about you. So you're born in Detroit, right?
1: No, I actually was born in San Diego. Were you raised in Detroit? I was raised up in Detroit. I was actually kind of grew up all over, but I spent majority of my life Like, well, elementary, middle school in Detroit. My dad was in the Marine Corps for 20 years, so I was born at Camp Pendleton in San Diego and then spent some time in... North Carolina, there it is, and then we moved back. You guys,
0: back. had to pause
1: for a second because clearly he moved
0: a lot as a kid. I
1: had to make sure, uh, and then after North Carolina, my family, we moved back to Detroit and I started kind of uh, elementary and middle school and pretty much grew up in Detroit from
0: on then. Wow, and do you yeah. go back to Detroit very often?
1: I do, that's where my family is, both my parents are from Detroit, so I have a, a very large family and all my cousins and uncles and auntie, a good chunk of them are in Detroit. I got a huge family, I got family out here in California. California, too.
0: You got a lot of family.
1: We deep. We deep. <laughs>
0: That's nice. Yeah, So it means blessing. you always got family somewhere.
1: I do. It's, it's been such a blessing. Um, I have an uncle out here. Mm-hmm. I have cousins out here. And a lot of friends and, and family that I went to high school with out here as well. Oh, that's So I went great. to Cass Tech in Detroit. And then from there, I went to SMU, Southern Methodist University. Mm-hmm. And then to NYU grad acting, the graduate program. That's
0: right. You did Tish? Tish. Yeah. I know you weren't all my children. What was it like doing a soap? Because that, to me, seems like a grueling freaking
1: schedule. It was amazing. It was one of my first jobs straight out of grad school. Before that I did Romeo and Juliet, Shakespeare in the Park, understudied what did he play? I understudied Romeo and I was That's part hardcore. of Tybalt's ensemble. So I was, to him, sir, good stuff like that. (laughs) That's great, did you sword fight a lot and stuff? I did, I did. There was quite a bit of uh, fighting choreography in that production, it was outside. Oscar Isaac played Romeo in that production. Oh my God. So it was my first time meeting him. And then after that was All My Children and You know, that was in New York, it was a great experience. They tape a lot of content in a very short amount of time, so we could be working on, you know, two to three episodes in the course of a week and knocking out whole episodes in a day. So the page numbers, it's just ridiculous.
0: That, I have so much respect for that because you think that I think we work quickly and then I always like friends of mine who've been on soaps are like you think you work quickly oh no that's just bull crap because yeah. you, you're constantly churning out more episodes
1: constantly churning it out and you know you have to come in ready obviously lines memorized choices made and then you move on to the next episode
0: hey did you ever have an evil twin?
1: no I didn't oh damn I didn't I would have loved to perhaps would've play been an so evil twin it so cool
0: if you could have been an evil twin that right? would have
1: been that would have been amazing a whole different <sighs> side.
0: I just feel like there are not enough Evil Twins anymore on daytime television because I used to love that. Um, now, you got a birthday coming up. Oh, yeah, I do. It yeah. might actually be today, you guys who are listening to this, because his birthday is Friday, March 18th, which is not yes. today for us, but might be today for you guys listening to us. So tweet out to Cornelius, happy birthday.
1: Oh, wow. Thank you. It's always a blessing to see another year to celebrate life. So I couldn't be happier. It's It's overwhelming. It's, you know, to think actually one year ago on my birthday, I was here working doing my second episode.
0: That's right. I
1: believe in the fourth season my girlfriend came up to set to visit and one year later here I am once again with you lovely people and family. See? so it's, and it's... I, re-
0: I remember you I remember you coming into this office to talk about doing the part and I don't think I'd met you I think maybe you had been in a table read but I don't think I'd actually really talked to you before mm-hmm. and we had such a good meeting and Linda lawyer casting person was here and you seemed very excited and very happy about the entire thing
1: I mean how can I not be this is
0: ridiculous. <laughs> it's
1: a it's a dream come true. I mean, it's always a pleasure to 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 do what you love and to be able to be employed. Then it's just the icing on the cake for it to be this show these group of people, including yourself. It's amazing. And yes, I was beyond excited. I'm still excited. I'm still waking up. See, we and we were too. Yeah. Okay,
0: so you're the newest member of the Scandal family, so I'm gonna ask you a couple of trivia questions. Okay. About the show Scandal. Oh, wow. That you happen to be on. Oh, these are easy, okay. These are picked by um, Akua Murphy, who works on the show. Yeah. Um, what's the name of Sally Langston's conservative talk show?
1: The Liberty Report. Well
0: done. Well done. We also know that Olivia's gut tells her everything. And uh, what's the news station regularly featured on Scandal?
1: Is it, is it BNC News? Yeah. Is it BNC yeah, News? You're a genius. Oh, wow.
0: You actually... Oh, my. You, you can see. You, you did great. You it's, like, a, it's like you've been here for years. My goodness. Okay, now... I've got questions from Twitter followers. Ooh, let's do it. So let's, let's do that. So Talvin at Talvin0711 wants to know, what has been your favorite scene so far?
1: Uh, well, nothing really tops the first episode. And the second episode, those will probably be my favorite scenes thus far, probably ever, because it was the first time. And the first episode in the fourth season was so powerful and so relevant. And I don't think there will really be anything quite like that experience.
0: Awesome. Fotini wants to know at 23 Ophelia, is it challenging playing Marcus when you don't even know that much about his background? And this is a thing for I all of our shows. Right. Which is Yeah.
1: It's just challenging, period, which makes it so rewarding in the process. But it doesn't prevent me. I mean, I have information about who Marcus is and what I can appreciate about. The collaborative experience is that it's it's an interpretation of who Marcus is. Mm-hmm. We're both discovering who Marcus is. It was interesting at the Paley Fest hearing Shonda kind of talk about, you guys talk about in terms of hearing an actor's interpretation, how that affects when you go back to the writing room. Obviously, you guys have the last say, but it's, it's actually exciting to be on that journey of discovery of who this character is.
0: Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, we were really lucky this week and we got to do... What they call a Paley Fest, a Paley Festival night with the cast of Scandal. And we got to talk about a lot of this stuff and meet a ton of fans, which was, which which was super was awesome. Super and exciting. A ton of and fans. One of the things that came up on the panel was exactly what Cornelius is referring to, which is how do the writers deal with, or how do they incorporate the things that we see when mm-hmm. we watch you guys work? Shonda has always been a big proponent of kind of leaving the slate blank in terms of backstory and then building it as you go, as you sort of watch relationships and interactions and right. and you probably know this story, but I remember the pilot, poor Darby, coming up at one point and saying, Okay, so what's my history? Uh <laughs> looking at her and saying, We really didn't no clue. So whatever whatever works <laughs> And Whatever works for you. You just you just work that out.
1: Yeah, go with that.
0: Go with that. See how that goes for you. Yeah. And in fact, you know, I think she actually, a lot of what she was doing informed what ended up happening. There was a certain amount that was there, but so it was really, it was super fun. Gabrielle Marie at GabsGabs wants to know, do you have any traits in common with Marcus?
1: I like to think so. Um,
0: <laughs> I think you're an upstanding and honest and ethical fellow.
1: Honest, upstanding, yeah, all those good things. Uh, loyal, passionate, big hearted. I think Marcus has a big heart. Well
0: put. And a couple of people asked how paley was, and paley was great.
1: It was amazing. It was my first time ever, and um, I don't think I've been to anything quite like it yet. So I had a good time. The love and energy was fantastic.
0: Yeah, it was, pretty, it was pretty intense. For me, it's like, first of all, I got out of the office early, which is always a big boon. Okay. Anything to get me out of the office early. Like It was just really fun hanging out with everybody.
1: Yeah, those times are always good to just be with everybody as a, as a unit, as a family, and, and embrace and interact with each other and the fans in the love fest.
0: Kim at Fan NL has uh, a lot of great questions here. She wants to know, what's your favorite movie of all time?
1: I'm gonna have to go with Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon.
0: What you know about it over there? Okay, okay, that's what's up. Okay, Akua's here and Akua seems to like The Last
1: Dragon. That's what's Akua up. Akua
0: gives it a thumbs up,
1: The Last Dragon. Classic.
0: Okay, so let's talk about why is that your favorite movie?
1: Because it's awesome. Um, <laughs> It's, you guys, it,
0: he could review movies. See, that's
1: it. It's awesome. Next.
0: Okay, no wait. When did you? When was the first time you watched it?
1: I might have been like maybe. Eight or 10 years old the first time I saw it so it's a it's a throwback sure uh, it incorporates everything action kung-fu music dancing rivalries the guy fighting for the girl the showdown there's a fight it's actually a movie about love it takes place in Harlem it's a great movie I quote it all the time I could watch it I can't see I'm, I'm the one who can't watch things over and over again really yeah, like if I see it once, depending on what it is, that's, that's it. it. That's I'm me good. too.
0: My husband, he's watched Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon at least four billion times. And sometimes, like if I'm traveling, I'll come home and he will have watched it again.
1: I have to wait at least a year or two to like really enjoy it and want mm-hmm. to watch it again. Mm-hmm. But The Last Dragon, you could watch any time. I could kind of maybe any time. I mean, maybe after the fourth time consecutive, <laughs> I'll be that. That'll be enough. Well, look, thank you
0: so much for joining me today and doing this, Cornelius. So it's so sweet of you to take part of your birthday week and sit here and keep me entertained and out of trouble am, and off the phone.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm delighted to do so, and this was fun.
0: Now, next week in Grey's Anatomy, the episode's called I'm Not Waiting Anymore, and oh, you guys, Jackson and April are really upsetting me at this point because this whole thing is just getting messy and strange, and there's an amazing surgery you guys don't want to miss next week, and, I'm just really hoping that Meredith starts dating soon. That's that's all I'm saying. Grey's Anatomy, Thursday, March 24th at 8 o'clock on ABC on Scandal. The episode is called Pencils Down, and it's directed by one of my favorite people on this green earth, Regina King, who I just love Regina King. I can't help it. I see Regina King, I start smiling. I just go up and I hug her. She doesn't want it, but I hug her anyway. She has no choice, because she's just so full of Regina Joy. So she directed this episode. It's a tremendous episode. You gotta watch Melly stick her foot in it. And I think Marcus is gonna help out in this one. The gladiators are going to learn some really, really interesting intel. That's all I'm going to say. Scandal. You got to watch it. March 24th at 9 on ABC. And okay, this is really exciting news. And you guys probably know it because maybe you've seen the posters or the ads, or maybe if you're asleep or you've been in a coma, you haven't seen them. But if you've been driving around or running around or watching any kind of fine television on ABC, hopefully you've seen it. We have the series premiere of our new show, The Catch. It's another Shondaland terrific show. This show stars Murray Enos and Peter Krause. And it's such a fun show. It's so much fun, you guys. It's like capery and sexy, and there are all these twists and turns, and there'll be all these OMG moments, and you're not going to believe what's going to happen. It's really hot. Like, they're super cute together and really hot. Did I I say the hot part? And the clothes, you guys. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's Thursday, March 24th at 10 o'clock. Don't miss it. It's going to be really good, and there's a really good workplace family too. You know I love my workplace families. So check that out, because I may probably be talking to somebody from that fine television program so you're probably going to want to be tuning in next week. Thanks again, EW.com, for posting an exclusive first listen to the podcast every Thursday night. And as you know, you can subscribe to this podcast at itunes.com backslash Shondaland, where each new podcast episode is available on Friday evenings. So we'll be back next week with another new Shondaland Revealed podcast. And until then, this is Betsy Beer saying stay safe and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.